there's 56 different names for sugar mm-hmm. for added sugars 56 mm-hmm. different names That's that they crazy. can take us out and tell us about sugar. So, and we know that sugar is not really good for not only weight gain, but it inflames your body. I've taken on this aspect that really we're not in a health crisis in America. We're in a wellness crisis. Bonjour, friends. Welcome to Whole Body Optimism, the podcast that's all about embracing a modern approach to positivity, clean living, and personal growth. I'm Dr. Chrissy, and I'll be your guide on this journey toward a happier, healthier, and more optimistic you. So today I am super excited because I have Farmer Dean here on the podcast, who is an internet phenomenal poster, educator, farmer, all the things in one. Actually, my husband discovered him on Facebook and told me, you got to follow this guy. He is sharing just the most incredible tips and right in line with your mission. So everybody help me welcome to the podcast today, Farmer Dean. Thanks so much for being here. (laughs) Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, Just to give you a little bit of my background, I farmed until I was 23, got out of college and said, oh, you know, we were all stoop crop farmers. Now, you, you know what a stoop crop farmer is, don't you? No. D- tell that's me. something that grows produce because you bend over in the spring and oh. you don't get to stand upright <laughs> until fall is done, see? Because you pick everything bending over. There's no way of standing up. Oh, so I call us stoop crop farmers. Oh. And we did uh, about 150 acres. So we, we were pretty decent farmers, had a lot of help. And they made more money that last year than I did. And I said, that's it. I'm done farming. Wow. Went to selling. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so I stayed in the business, but I was in trees and shrubs. So that's kind of where that is. To give you a little bit about how I started in this, there's two, two facets of what I do on, on the internet, okay? One is I try to teach people how to grow things. And mainly I'm directing at kids and families because I'd like to see kids, as my t-shirt says, get dirty hands. Get back, <laughs> it, no matter if you're in the city or you're in the country or where we are, you can always have some type of farm. Sure, sure. The other thing is, is that I want to tell them a little bit about what they're buying at the grocery stores and, mm-hmm. and what to look for. And that came about in a, in a way that we can talk about a little later, but it, mm-hmm. it's an interesting story how I really started trying to eat really clean. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, you know, I teach, you know, all my community and my clients about clean living and how does that work for each person that comes across it is different. Let me tell you why I really got into this. Okay. My wife eight years ago came down with Alzheimer's. And of course, when you go into the medical profession, which you're in, they look at you and go, "Eh, there's nothing you can do. That's, that's too bad. Just Mm. let it run its course. And I have a real good friend that's a holistic doctor and him and I started working together. And that's when we really cleaned it up. We were eating fairly clean before, a lot of produce, a lot of vegetables. I always grew a lot of vegetables myself, canned 50, 60 quarts of tomatoes every year. So that gives you a little bit. When I end up, I have probably 200 quarts that I can of different things. But I didn't realize, you know, like when they say carrageenan, 
what what mm. what is it? You know, what's it made from? What what does it do to your system? When you look at all the sugars, there there's 56 different names for sugar, mm-hmm. for added sugars. 56 mm. different names well, that they crazy. can take us out and tell us about sugar. So, and we know that sugar is not really good for not only weight gain, but it inflames your body. I've taken on this aspect that really we're not in a health crisis in America. We're in a wellness crisis. Yeah. Everybody wants to stay well, but they can't figure out why am I gaining weight? You know, why, Mm -hmm. why can't I lose anything? And, and if they start looking at all the chemicals, that you put that are being put mm-hmm. in products nowadays, it just it drives me crazy. Oh yeah. So I started reading labels when yeah. my wife got Alzheimer's. Okay, and started really looking. Holy cats! Look what's in this box. I thought this was a great product. Right. Because I was pulling it off the shelf, sticking it in the cart, and going down. Let's look at peanut butter for a change. Sure. Okay. They add. Most peanut butter adds sugar. Why do you add sugar to peanut butter? You don't need it any sweeter than what right? it is. What kind of oils are they using? I, I'm really big on, I, I threw it all of my oils except for, like, I use lard now. I use butter. I use co- uh, coconut. I use uh, olive oil and uh, avocado. Those are yeah. my oils. I, I don't it. use anything except those, which are real oils, you know, yeah. and that's good for you. So those were the type of things that I started really getting into. Lost 30 pounds. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, it was over four years. So. <laughs> 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 it, it wasn't like I went on this big diet, you know, and said, sure, oh, I'm going to sure. went from a 36 waist down to 32 waist, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. So the belly uh, pretty well left me. Um, <laughs> And, well, that's good uh, to know, you know, like it's not like a fast process. People don't have to be so frustrated in the process if they're not seeing, you know, immediate changes if they stop eating sugar and don't use canola oil over a week. It's a it's a time process that takes weeks, months for you to maybe start feeling a difference. But I definitely think you will feel a difference. You'll look a different for sure. You could start by looking at the clean produce you do, you're getting, the clean meats, the clean processed foods, so looking at the ingredients. What kind of tips can you give people whenever they're looking for their produce and clean? I'm interested from a farming background. A lot of people say organic or not. And I saw your posts recently about that. And I'm very interested for you to tell our listeners here how are you supposed to decide? You know, organic can be expensive sometimes. Oh, yeah. Very much so. But don't get me wrong. Organic produce, a lot of them still use a pesticide, but it's approved by the, <laughs> by our great agriculture department. That it says, <laughs> okay, that's okay to use. You know, I was brought up on DDT. And we should have figured out it wasn't too good for us when we sprayed over the cauliflower. And you could see all the dead birds while we're tying mm. the cauliflower up saying, Ugh. you know, if it's killing all the birds, it's probably not too good for me. And I got psoriasis because of it. Okay. Wow. And I've, I've, I've fought that all my life. I've got it a little bit out of control because of my diet of what I, what I eat and so forth, but it still flares up. If anybody's got psoriasis out there, they'll know what I'm talking about. Right. And I'm not one to take a shot and say, okay, this, this will do it. Cause I don't know what the shot's going to do to my body. But right. some of the produce I always tell people 
if you can't afford to buy organic, there are a few things that you should buy organic. Anything that's tubular. In other words, you know, potatoes, carrots, rutabagas, parsnips, any of those type of things, because they're storage vehicles for what's ever in the ground. Mm-hmm. They store it in, in that product, okay? Yeah. At least when you're buying leafy things and stuff, they got to go up through the roofs and it's, you know, it's not all in one clump right. like it is in, in tubular. So I tell everybody, if, if you do nothing else, buy organic carrots and radishes and that sort of thing, because mm-hmm. they still use lindane today to grow radishes. Okay. Lindane kills maggots is what it does. Don't they? Okay. And I'll tell you what, you, if you, I pick up a radish that's not organic and they've used lindane on it. I can tell you in two seconds because really? I can taste it. Yeah. Because we used to use it ourselves wow. and I knew the, I know the taste. I know what a lindane radish tastes like. Wow. So I tell people they've got to be really careful when they use anything that's that's under the ground. It's got a bulb to it. Right. So, I've, I tell people about the clean 15 and the dirty dozen list yeah, of yeah. organic and non-organic. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I think it's very true. Uh, like all my raspberries I grow myself, I don't buy them. Uh, all my strawberries I grow myself, I, I don't buy them. Now, even organic growers of strawberries will use some type of pesticide sooner or later if they're growing mm. a lot of them because, you know, you're bringing in all the diseases to start with, you know, that are coming in. You're bringing in a lot of slugs and stuff like that. So it just things that naturally eat strawberries. But uh, I'm growing them a different method now. Here in Michigan, and most people that are not down the south like you, we have to start our strawberries in the spring, mm. and then we don't get to pick them to the next year. Oh, so wow. we have a whole year of there where pests can come in, fungus can come in, all those sorts of things. But down in south, wow. that strawberry would be picked in, in March and April down there. Wow. Well, we're doing the same thing in Michigan now because we got the varieties that we can plant in the fall and pick the next spring. So that stops a lot of those diseases and we don't have to spray as much. Right. So do you have to keep those crops indoors or some kind of greenhouse with them? No, they're outside. They are outside. They're they're outside in the field or a lot of people put them in raised beds or they'll put them in containers, grow them in containers, but mine are all in the field and, and not raised beds are in the field actually. Wow. So you talked about your wife and the Alzheimer's and I just want to circle back on that. Did you notice whenever you guys change your diet or change some of the cleaner things in your life that you notice a difference? I know you said you lost some weight, but did you notice changes in your wife's mentation and how she was clinically looking? Yeah. Well, clinically, the answer is this. We probably staved it off for a couple, three years before she really got where she was to the point where she couldn't do anything herself. Mm. Did, did we stop it or arrest it like we were hoping to? We were hoping to arrest it where it was, mm. and that didn't happen. But instead of it progressing very quickly where, you know, she right. would have been there in three years, we kept her for seven years. We kept her really where she was a very high-functioning wow. Alzheimer's person. And then when she went, she went quickly. But up until that time, she did very well. 
Wow, that's impressive with some dietary changes. I'm sure people listening out here either know someone or they're they're doctors that are treating patients that should be a little bit more open-minded to maybe this diet thing is something that could make patients have a better quality of life. So what about, let's talk about the processed foods and how, what are your feelings on those and, and how, how, what's a daily grocery trip like in your mind? Well, of course, after seven years, I pretty well know what products are clean and which aren't, you know, sure. and one of the, one of the big things is, is that, that I tell everybody is if you're going to use salad dressing, make your own. <laughs> if, if you go to the store there's very few salad dressings out there there's a couple that are mm-hmm. fairly clean but okay. even those you got to watch because they start putting in hidden sugars in there that you don't absolutely really want. so that's one of the areas that i'd say if if you're if you're trying to keep a clean diet make your own it's so simple and what's your favorite clean dressing at home what what spices oh well, it, it varies. I've got some that just, you know, use oil, vinegar, and three or four spices to it. And it's lemon juice and and rice, wine, vinegar, and mm, okay. a couple other things. And you put it all together and it just turns out really, really well. That's nice. Uh, the one that I don't make very often, which is, let me see, what's the number one? Uh, so what's the creamy dressing that everybody likes? Like a ranch or something? That's it, ranch. Ranch <laughs> is one of the dirtiest ones that there is around. It really is. And it's so simple to make. It's unbelievable. Is it yeah, really? Uh, yeah. Well, how oh, do you make it? They, they can go on Farmer Dean TikTok or Farmer Dean 1 YouTube. I mean, TikTok, TikTok is I'm Farmer find Dean it. 1. And uh, YouTube is Farmer Dean. And they can find it on their ranch dressing. I will. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make a reel of that. How's that? Okay. Right. You'll like it. So, you know, and I make a lot of Greek dressings. That's very simple to make. Sure. So. Yeah. What about the canned stuff too? Are there some ingredients in those that we should be looking out for? Yeah, there there are. The thing that I don't like about most canned stuff is uh, they're putting in preservatives in there, mm. and I, I, I'm still really down on preservatives at all possible. Sure. And uh, of course, they're always putting in added salt. You have to do that in cans. Lots of times they'll use canola oil yeah. or oil or corn syrup. Another one of those names for, you know, sugar, corn syrup. Right, right. So you really have to watch what you're doing, especially with, can I say the name? Campbell's soup is probably one of the worst. I hate really? Wow. Yeah. I, I love their canned tomato soup, right? And I said, Oh, look at all that stuff in Cayenne's tail soup. Wow. Nah, I don't think I'm buying it anymore. I've actually so, never looked at Campbell's soup. So that I'm gonna look at that up when next time I go to the yeah, grocery yeah. store. Yeah. Most most soups, and of course, with the last time I drank a soda was probably mm, probably eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. I just don't drink soda. Yeah. Or, a, or if the Midwesterners up here would say pop, but we'll oh, say yeah, soda yeah. for you all southerners. We, we say we say coke. Which is so funny because like Coke has always been just one brand, but it's yeah. always like if it could be a Sprite, but we say that's a Coke. <laughs> it's just so bizarre. Like I don't don't even know why or how. If anybody knows that's listening and you why we call it Coke, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. So you had mentioned whenever we were emailing about fake meats and people, you know, tend to think, okay, I see the craze of, of not 
eating meat and going vegan and, and things like that. What's your thoughts about some of the fake meats, like the vegan meats that are out there? My opinion? Yeah. <laughs> you want my true opinion I, on this? I can almost guess, but I'd love to just... Well, it, 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 it's, sort of, it's sort of like a COVID shots, right? Let's put it that way. They're pushing this stuff and they don't know what's going to happen with it. They have mm -hmm. no idea. I mean, we're finding out things about COVID shots that nobody knew about, right? Like, True. you know, the people that are having heart palpitations and all sorts of stuff. And, and I'm not saying it's all done with a COVID shot, but I'm just saying sure. they don't know how it's going to act with the body. Mm. And that's the same thing with all this meat. Fact is, they've already outlawed artificial meat in, in Italy. It's done. You, really? You cannot, no, they won't. You cannot import it. Can't do anything. So it's just a, another way for big conglomerates to make a whole bunch of money and tell you that you can eat this fake meat. That's all it's about. It's all about the money. And you have a group of people out there that right now want to stop pretty much all farming. Okay. They oh, want to wow. stop everything. You know, the, you know, like you've heard a roundup. Okay. I don't necessarily like Roundup. I, I won't use it in my own garden, okay? Sure. But on the same hand, I can tell you this about Roundup. If, they, if the farmers didn't use it, your crop yields would go down probably 30%. Your wow. cost would go up 60%. Mm. Okay? You got to remember that, that I tell everybody, if you can, even if you're in the city and they've got a farmer's market, go to a farmer's market. You know? Right. And yes, you can go to Whole Foods and you go to Trader Joe's and you can go to some of these specialty shops, which are very expensive, but support your local farmer. It's just like I, I found out a statistic that just blew my mind. You'll, you'll like this grass fed beef. Mm -hmm. okay? Where does grass fed beef come from? 80% mm. of it is coming from outside the United States. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, you got Argentina and all those. So sure. they're, bringing in, they're bringing in the whole carcass, right? Processing oh, wow. it here in the United States. Now they're saying it's United <clears throat> States only because oh, wow. it's processed here. They added value that. to it. So it's no longer from some other foreign country. Well, those countries can use hormones, which we can't use here. Mm. You know, they, can use, they can use... and growth hormones is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then they can use other things that we can't use as far as when the cows get sick or the animal gets sick, they can shoot them with antibiotics that we can't use here. Oh, so, wow. I didn't so realize that. I, I just found out about it. I was dumbfounded. I've looked into it more and she's right. And it's, it's hard to, so if you see grass fed beef, you, you're figuring, oh, that's good. I, mm -hmm. I'm figuring Okay, okay, well, it's not so good if it's coming from a different country. If it's grown here in the United States, raised here, then yes, it's good. So I tell everybody, I, I buy a, almost all my meat online from local, local growers, the local cattlemen, I should say. Uh. Not, they don't grow them, they, they're cattle. <laughs> and yeah, it costs me a little bit more. Sure. But, but I know that I'm getting good beef that's grass-fed that they're butchering themselves that and and to me it's well worth it right 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 it's that old adage you can pay me now or pay me later you can either pay yes. me now and not get sick how much does it cost if you go to the hospital right right you know yeah. how many thousands of dollars i mean everybody with insurance right now 
what's the minimum? $3,000, $5,000 out of pocket? Yeah. You know, well, hey, if spend that other, spend 1500 of it on really buying good meat and maybe you won't have to go to the doctor. Yeah, I totally believe in that. And not to mention, I feel like whenever I'm eating cleaner, when I'm investing, to me, my body works better. I'm not sick as much. My joints don't hurt. I really have a mu so much energy to just get up and go. And I know we had a party recently where they had some sugar and I was like, okay, I live the 80-20 the lifestyle. You know, you got to oh, have- me too. Yeah, you got to have your little splurges. But I knew after I had that sugar, I just, I was such a slug the next day because I was like, it's worse when you start eating healthy and you start eating clean. It's worse than if you went out and drank all night long. Oh, totally. I, I love pie. Okay. And I, mm -hmm. I make the best pie crust. My pie crust is so flaky and so nice that when I get through with my pie, I have to put a brick on it. Otherwise it floats out the window. You know, wow. That's how flaky it is. So I love flaky. pie. It's the only baking I do, by the way, is pie. I cannot make pie. If I do, there better be a whole bunch of people over. Because if I make the pie, I'll eat the whole damn pie. <laughs> now with the pie, do you have to use sugar or you? Oh, yeah. 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 I've, yeah. I've tried other things. I know. It's, it's one of the few gluten things that I eat too. Sure, so sure. the gluten and the sugar together, just you're know, like the yeah. next day I'm going. Exactly. Oh, why, why did I do that? Oh, you're so stupid. You know, that's but. exactly how I felt. It was crazy. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is, this is real, you know, like eating clean, it really does make my body function differently and feel differently for sure. So, you know, a lot of the listeners here, we're healthcare professionals, we're really busy. And how can we add small tips to our daily days? Like, what kind of quick tips to bring food, clean food to work? Like, what would you give people in my shoes advice for clean eating whenever you have to meal prep? Okay, yeah, there's there's a couple things. My biggest thing is don't buy that package stuff, mm. uh, you know, that's all pre-made because you got to remember that they, they've got to keep it on the shelf. So what are they doing? Mm. They're putting some type of preservative in there to do it. Uh, baby carrots is one of my favorite ones that I hate. Um, peel your own carrot because if you've ever taken a baby carrot and you put them in the refrigerator and a week later you bring them out, they're slimy. Mm -hmm. Okay, they're slimy. okay. I can take a carrot that's got skin on it, put it in there in the refrigerator for a month, bring it out. Yeah, it might be a little wilted, but I can still peel it, it still tastes like something, and I can use it in a soup or something. But, wow. you know, you, you take those baby carrots that, and the reason is, it's because they're truly not baby carrots. They're full-size carrots that they peel down and they cut in chunks. They're all peeled oh. down. You didn't know that. No. What they do is they, they take long carrots. It, it started out, let me tell you how baby carrots started out. So okay. everybody's got the information. It started out, a farmer was throwing away all these carrots or giving them to the hogs or whatever. Okay. And he says, how about if we peel these down and we cut them into small and call them baby carrots. And sure enough, the marketing trend really took off well. No way. It's a marketing ploy. It's a good marketing ploy. So what okay. they do now is they grow a carrot that is about this long, but only about that big around. And they take and they, they cut them in sections, peel them and cut them in sections. That's why they're all look with those round ends on them. 
you don't oh, ever wow. see a carrot with that that's has true. Thin, yeah so that's what they do now and not only that they got to wash it in something that's going to preserve it so what do they wash it in well it's basic chlorine chloride or chlorine or bleach oh, if you wow. want to call it that wow. it's diluted it's not full strength sure, bleach, sure. but it's still diluted and that that kills all the bacteria now they bag it up for it so now it's it's been in storage for maybe a week or two. Now, you know, now they do the processing. Now it goes to the store. So you already got a carrot that's three three weeks old before you get it. Wow. That's why, you know, a week and a half in the refrigerator, it's slimy. Wow. That's so intriguing. So if you're listening here, be careful when you buy carrots at the store because those baby carrots have a little bit of history to them that uh, I didn't even know about. <laughs> Yeah. So I tell everybody that anything that's prepackaged, they, you know, they have to put preservatives in it. They have to do something to kill the bacteria. There's no doubt about it. So that's one of the areas. Take your celery and do your own celery, do your own carrots and, and keep it that way. Yeah. The other thing that I really am down on is shredded cheese. You should never buy shredded cheese in a package. They put cellulose in it. Cellulose. Cellulose. Mm -hmm. Cellulose. Am I pronouncing it right? Yep, cellulose. It right. Cellulose. Yeah, That's it. Yeah, they yeah, put yeah. cellulose in it. Well, what's cellulose? Well, there there are cellulose that are, and, and every plant has cellulose in it, but mainly it's sawdust because that's the cheapest mm. product. Yeah. And, you know, so they're putting that in with the, the shredded cheese. And again, it molds quicker if you, if you look at it. So they have to put a preservative in there to keep it from molding. Mm. Okay, so now you're eating a preservative. Now you're eating cellulose, or or you're eating, you know, sawdust if you want to look at it that way. So, do you usually just buy your your blocks of cheese, and then do you shred it when you get it, or just kind of as you use it? As I use it, yeah. As you use it, okay, and it stays good longer. Like oh yeah, in the fridge. I seal mine in a container that's a glass container. I always use glass containers. I don't use any plastic at all. Sure. So everything's glass. But you can keep it quite a while. But I go through a lot of cheese. I eat a lot of cheese. Mm -hmm. So protein. do we. Yeah. Cheese, we and, too. cheese and eggs. Yeah, cheese and eggs. <laughs> now, what about your chickens? Now, a lot of people get confused about pasture-raised, cage-free. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about like maybe what's the difference and what's better for us? Well, they have got so many different types of chickens it's unbelievable now and mm -hmm. everything's a little different so we'll start at the beginning okay so if if it's a caged chicken that's exactly what it is it's in a cage okay mm -hmm. and they, they got a cage this big they got 10 chickens in there and, and then boom, 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 boom. so then they got what they call free range here's what a free range chicken is it's in a big it's in a big building okay and they got a little door that if they want to run outside they can but they don't because all the feed's inside. Sure. They don't go outside. The feed's inside. But because I've got a door, they're free range. <laughs> okay. It's true. That's truth. I'm telling wow. you that. Wow. If I'm lying, I'm dying. You know, that's what <laughs> And so the pasture race, I truly have to be out in a pasture. Do they still give them grain? Absolutely. They cannot oh, get really? enough bugs and stuff. But you can tell the difference in the color of the yolks. And I, I tell everybody, go get your regular $1.99 dozen or $2.99 dozen now and go get a $4.99, which is, says that 
okay, they're cage free, and mm -hmm. then go get a pasture that's probably six ninety nine, seven ninety nine, and take a look at the different color of the yolks. Now, I guarantee you that that color of the yolk for a pasture raised chicken is dark yellow. It's not that white yellow thing, you know. And so wow. that's kind of the difference between those three. Now, what about whenever some of them have like organic pasture raised? Does that make a difference? Well, if they're organic certified, mm -hmm. what they're saying is probably, and I don't know much about this, so I'll be honest, okay? But mm -hmm. I, I'm just going to come off the, the top of my head. If it's mm -hmm. organic certified, it probably is saying that they're not using any kind of chemicals out in the pasture to keep the weeds out. Got it. So ultimately, if you want the sort of the cleanest egg, it's probably pasture-raised organic, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now we talked about grass-fed beef. I've heard people talk about grass-finished beef. Have you heard that before? Yeah. What that means is that they don't... grass. Grass-fed beef is this. The last month they can bring them up and fatten them up, okay, mm. with corn and stuff, okay? So it, let's say you got a corn allergy, a true corn allergy. I, you know, a lot of people have allergies nowadays. So grass finish means that they, they truly do not get any grain, okay? So they're on grass the whole time. Now, do you know if they have to, what do I mean, like disclose that they are feeding the cows organic corn? If they're certified organic, then they have to, they have to finish them with organic corn. Yes. And they finish them Which, with organic what, what, what it really means when they say organic corn is they're saying, okay, we're not putting on any fertilizer that's, that's not natural. And the biggest thing is it's not a GMO corn. So mm -hmm. if it's a genetically modified corn, it cannot be organic, is my understanding. Now, Got I it. could be wrong on that, but that's my understanding. And people get that confused. They think that all GMO products are bad. GMO just means it's genetically modified organism. So I can have, let's say, peppers that I GMO genetically modify, okay, mm -hmm. without putting Roundup in them. So it's still a good pepper. And they get GMO confused with hybridization too. Mm. If I hybridize something, doesn't mean it's not a good product. It's a very good product. Right. GMO means that usually when they say in that term is that they've used a pesticide or a herbicide in that plant to either stop pests or stop weeds. So right. That's why people say, oh, I don't want anything GMO. Well, not every GMO product is bad for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The ones that have Roundup in them and have a pesticide in them to kill the weevils or whatever it happens to be. You're going to see more GMO stuff because they can, they can get higher yields and not only that, but they can say, Oh, I want this really a sweet pepper or I want this really, mm -hmm. really a, a hot pepper. Oh, without, interesting. So and so that's but how most, they modify most, the lineages. Most peppers and, and tomatoes and stuff like that are hybridized tomatoes, peppers. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. I know that if I saved the seed and I planted the seed, I wouldn't get the same plant as I planted that I cooked the seed from. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. 
So I know you're, you're very much into tomatoes and if the listeners are listening and they were wanting to get started growing their own tomatoes, what kind of tips and tricks would you give them to get their self started? Okay. There's a lot of them. It depends on how they're <laughs> doing. You know, let's say that probably most of the people who's going to listen to this are homeowners or apartment dwellers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they go, I don't have any space. And then I go, yeah, I understand. Okay. So <laughs> what do you really need? Let's take a nice big container. And I'm talking 10 gallon to 15 gallon minimum because your tomatoes are going to be big tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it depends on whether you want cherries or you know, regular tomatoes. So everybody can grow a tomato. If they haven't grown tomatoes, they will never taste a really good tomato. Wow. Unless they go right to the farmer that's grown the tomato at his stand. Mm-hmm. And he, they can look out there and say, oh, he didn't buy those. He's got them right out there. Mm. Because everything that you're getting in the grocery store, pretty much except for summertime, like here in, in Michigan, Whole Foods, they'll actually get local growers to bring in their tomatoes to them. But mm. so they grow these tomatoes that are like, they got a skin on them that thick. Okay. They got a skin on them at least a quarter inch thick. Why? Because they're transporting them. So they don't want them to get all bruised up because people don't like soft tomatoes. Okay. So if you've grown in a container, you get some self, some really good soil, but you got to remember any kind of potting soil you get, it, it doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it. And unless they're putting a lot of uh, compost to it. So you want something that's got compost in it. Okay. Mm. Just not strictly a potting material. If it doesn't, then you need to mix it half and half organic material in there. I use a product called EM1 and what it is is microorganisms and microorganisms help the plant grow. Okay. They're in your soil naturally. Well, they're not naturally in that soil. Okay. So you need some, some microorganisms, some type uh, mines. And then I take my for calcium, which a lot of people, when they grow tomatoes, the the bottom of the tomato splits or the top of the tomato splits. Oh yeah. I've seen and that. The reason is, is because it's lacking calcium. Mm. Okay. So you, you need some type of calcium in there to stop that. Uh, bone meal works really well. Uh, Epsom salts. I put in the bottom for root growth. So I'm using all natural stuff. I have, by the way, I have a video on that if they want to go to the, YouTube or TikTok. Awesome. Or I'll post my, it in the, the podcast. Or join my, join my Facebook group. Um, yes. Farmer Dean's one, by the way. <laughs> hey, was that? I was that for a plug. <laughs> I like that. Okay. And so the, it, it goes through the whole steps of how to grow. And then they got to de- decide what type of tomato because it's determinate and indeterminate. And for, I tell people that are putting it in pots, they want to determine a tomato. And what that basically means, it's not going to grow really, really tall. Okay. okay. It's going to be a smaller tomato, but, and it's going to bloom all at one time, pretty much. So they're going to be big clusters and a lot of them at the same time. Mm. But when you're growing them, all you need is sunlight and water. Mm. Simple. And a few nutrients that I just told you about. And I tell people that if you've got kids, grow cherry tomatoes. The kids love them. Right, love right, right. They like going out there and picking them. And, and it's just, that's why I say kids need dirty hands. It's a family <laughs> activity. They just shouldn't do it all on their own if they got kids. Help get your kids out there. Right. I, I'm going to do a whole series on kid gardening during the winter in the house. Wow. 
In yeah, the house. yeah. I love all that. sorts of fun activities to do. Yeah. Well, that's so brilliant. Yeah. You know, I usually ask my listeners, and I'm glad you brought that up, is a lot of people struggle with, you know, the, I think the limiting belief that, oh, my kids won't eat that because it's healthy. Like, how do I get them to eat healthy? What kind of tips can you tell my listeners in our community as to how can you encourage or model that behavior so that the kids want to eat healthy and clean too? Uh, it, it was one of those things at our house. We were never made to eat anything, right? Right? Sure. We're, seriously, we were never made to eat anything. And we didn't have to clean up our plate. We we're all farmers. And you'd think back in those days, you got to clean your plate. You got to eat everything, right? No, that was mm. my mother's thing. She'd say, well, really? if you don't want it, go make yourself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So, so, you know, there you go, kid. If you don't want it, there's a peanut butter, there's jelly. Go make yourself a sandwich. Yeah, so, um, that's true. I know. I mean, they've got to like enjoying him. I had one kid that literally, when he was young, he lived on macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. That's Now he's the one that eats all the vegetables, right? Really? Yeah. The one son that ate all that stuff won't touch hardly a salad now. You know? Really? So, you know, how do you figure when they, you know, how they do it? But no, that I'm one of those firm beliefs. You never make your kids eat anything, but there's always peanut butter and jelly. And help yourself. And, yeah, uh, you they know, won't starve. <laughs> yeah, you know, they won't starve. I think one of the things is if they can really decide to grow some things themselves, mm. they'll see that kids get really interested in trying it. I agree. If, it, it, because it, they're seeing they're seeing the fruits of their labor, if you want to call it that. Yeah. So that's why I really push parents. Get your kids involved with some type of gardening. And they go, oh, all we got is all the, all the stuff around our house. You know, we don't have any place. Well, hey, if you've got a place around your house, well, you, there's things that you can plant. You, I, I don't care if you plant dill. It's still something that grows mm. and it flowers and looks nice and your kids can smell it. Okay, they, they necessarily don't have to eat it, but they can smell it and right. see that they grew it. You know, right. but carrot, carrot, anything, potatoes, carrots, radishes, onions, all those things that the kids can pull. Right. Love it. I mean, they just, I, I've had so many neighbor kids and I've got a real good friend that's got 16 grandkids. He has 16 grandkids. They come over here wow. all the time and we're always pulling stuff and, and, and doing that's stuff. That's so fun. Digging potatoes. Yeah. That could be really fun. Well, any last parting words that you want to send to any of the healthcare professionals that are listening in and in the community that you want to encourage them about clean eating? If I had to encourage them, I, I'd say whenever they can tell people, especially, you know, a lot of people are gluten intolerant nowadays. I don't mm -hmm. know why. Again, yeah, uh, I'm one of those people that I'm not gluten intolerant. I just know that when I when I eat it, I don't feel as good as when I don't eat it. So I don't eat it Same. very often. I do. I do eat it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm going to tell you, if I'm out and I want a, a Culver's hamburger, I'm going to eat a Culver's hamburger. Okay. <laughs> and I'm going to eat it with a bun. Yeah, or if I, you know, that sort of thing. Sure. But you know, I, I really try to watch it as much as I can. So, you know, I don't have a piece of sourdough and, and I don't have waffles for breakfast. And, you know, I don't try to put it that way. If I eat a hamburger today, I probably won't eat gluten for three days. So I, I'd say encourage them if they can, if they want 
to taste good vegetables and get their kids to have good vegetables. See if you can't buy it locally someplace mm. that is locally grown. I think you'll get better produce that way. Mm-hmm. And same thing goes with meat. There's so many good meat people on the internet now that are local farmers that have got together, made their own conglomerates or co-ops, if you want to call them that, where they're processing their meat themselves. There's, there's just some really good people out there. Uh, yeah. I found a place that does elk meat and I, I like that really oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah. And they do elk steaks that are basically filet mignons and I like them. Try some of those different kinds of meat for yeah. you. Yeah. I'm not one to you eat hearts and kidneys and that sort of thing. I just, mm. it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> but, me neither. I don't go for it. <laughs> I'll save that yeah. for someone else. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the regular stuff I like. So that's I would say that that's the best thing for me is that, you know, if you can buy locally and buy, buy organic when you can, yeah. uh, I think they'll get, they'll feel better and they'll just stop some of that pain that they're having down the road now. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today and I cannot wait for all our listeners to get on Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok and find former Dean and follow all the helpful tips and videos that he puts out there because y'all I've learned so much today and I've learned so much just following his journey as well. So Please follow former Dean and let me know what tips you find out that you didn't know before. I just <laughs> learned about baby carrots. <laughs> so thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. It was a pleasure. We had a good time. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on this uplifting journey through whole body optimism. We really hope you found today's episode as enlightening and inspiring as we did. Remember, optimism isn't just a state of mind, it's a way of life, and you have the power to shape your own destiny. Be sure to follow us on this podcast and on Instagram and Facebook to learn more about some practical and simple tips to find whole body optimism.